be talking about pour on the salt and turn on the light. Pour on the salt and turn on the light. And we're going to be starting in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Verse 13 through 16. It says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how shall it be made salty? So, if the salt loses its saltiness, if you ever, you know, you put salt on something, right? You put salt on there because you want, it to, you want that taste, that salt taste to it. And then, now, sometimes we get too much salt when we go to, the, you know, if you go to the ocean, get some of that water in your mouth, man, you know? And we, want, we wouldn't want to put too much salt on, on our food. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how shall it be made salty? It is from then on good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a basket, but on a candlestick, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven." So this morning, I want to talk to you about being salt and light, pouring on the salt and turning on the light. Because, and here's what was very interesting as we were having a discussion, me and the guys were having a discussion before church started, some of the things they began to talk about, I was like, well, that's kind of what I'm going to be preaching on this morning, just a confirmation from the Lord that we're headed in the right direction. In today's world, in, in the world that we live in today, people... It's easy for them to call themselves a Christian, but act like the devil. We've had a lot of this, what's called a hyper grace, has been uh, put out there. And, and what hyper grace is, it's where you can live like the devil and still make it to heaven. No matter what you do, you've got grace. You can do whatever you want to, and you can still make it through those pearly gates into the kingdom of God. The, the, but the, the, the thing is, is when Jesus, when Jesus said to come follow me, he said, leave everything behind to come follow me. He says, take up your cross, not lay it down. Take up your cross and follow me. You know, uh, following Jesus is not easy. Jesus himself said it wasn't going to be easy. Jesus himself said that people are going to hate you because of me. Nina, can you bring my water? I left it back there. Can you bring my water up here? People are going to hate you because that you love me. And, and I've told you this many times, and I'll tell you again, don't go out and try to make people hate you, but you need to understand that if you're living for Christ, things aren't going to be easy. Connie uh, gave us a, a, a story, uh, I think it was last week or so, that has to do with her job and, and what some people have done because she says, you know what, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to be okay with doing it that way because that's not ethical, that's not right. And so I say, No. And because of that, because, she stood, because she's a Christian and she has ethics and she wants to live her life uh, as an ethical person, as a person who loves Christ, her, some of her co-workers then started, you know, giving her problems. Why? Because she loved the Lord. And so when we love the Lord, we're going to be going contrary to what the world is. When it says here that, that uh, when, when uh, salt loses its saltiness, it's of no good, it should be 
thrown out and just used as dirt, just trampled underfoot. It's not any good anymore. And we see with the, uh, the Christian church in America that so many people are they're just, it's, there's not, it's not even wor- worth calling them a Christian because their saltiness has lost any flavor. They're not making any inroads. They're not doing anything for Christ. They're not living their life out for Christ whatsoever. Now, some of those people may have come to Christ at some point in their life. Some of them may have said, Jesus, I want to live for you, and they've walked away. And you go, well, do, do, do we believe this? Yes. Do I believe in eternal, eternal security? I believe that if you want to live for Christ, that eternally, if you want his grace and you want to take up your cross and follow him, that you're good to go. You don't have to worry about it. Yes, we all make mistakes. We're not Jesus. And if you look in the scriptures, even followers of Jesus made mistakes. When Peter, when they were coming to take Jesus, Peter made a mistake. He chopped off uh, the guy's ear. And that's not what Jesus wanted. Uh, when when, uh, Peter says, I will follow you until death, and and the Lord said, no, you won't. You're going to deny me before the the rooster crows. Three times you're going to deny me. Did that mean that Peter didn't get used because he made a mistake after following Jesus? No. He he became one of the great fathers of, of of Christianity. As a matter of fact, the Lord looked at him and said, Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. He used Peter in the upper room to lead people to the promise of the Holy Spirit. He used Peter in so many ways. So you're going to make mistakes in life. That doesn't mean that you can't recover from those. The the deal is when we say we're going to make mistakes and we're not even going to try not to make any mistakes. We're we're just going to do whatever we want to do. And I've run into many people like that. Yes, I'm a Christian, but but I can do all this other stuff because I'm saved by grace. If you're saved by grace, have you taken up that cross? Are you willing to do what it takes to follow me? I mean, Jesus said that that you may have to leave father and mother. You may have to leave family members. You may have to leave everything that you've ever known to take up your cross and follow him, to follow and do what he said. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to pour on the salt? Not just be salt, not just sit there as salt, but pour on the salt. And what do I mean by pour on the salt? When you're around somebody, all right, we can put salt on the table, but if it's not put on the food, it isn't doing us any good. No, it's just sitting there. It's just salt. But when you're around other people, are you pouring on the salt? Now, that pouring on the salt could be uh, praying for them. It could just be being a friend of them. As we were talking this morning with Will, when Will was talking uh, in our group, he, he, here's what he said. He said, your fruits will be bored out and that you cannot lie when those fruits come. Now, I'll tell you what, you may try to have uh, that kind of fruit. I was at my mother-in-law's this, this uh, Thursday, and on her table, she had a bowl of fruit. But I looked at that fruit, and if I would have bitten into that fruit, I would have got a big bite of plastic because it was fake. <laughs> right? And uh, have, you, have you ever met a Christian like that? That you're like, boy, that's a fake Christian right there. They are Christian in name only. And, you know, what do we want to be? Do we want to be Christian in name only? Or do we, do we want to be that plastic that when people really grab a hold of us and say, so you're, you are a Christian, you're like Christ? And they find out, no, you're, you're a total fake. Or do we want to be the real deal? Now, the real deal, what happens with fruit? What happens to fruit when it's the real deal? Fruit gets bruised, Right? Fruit can, fruit can get tainted. 
Some of these things, you know, you have to wash your fruit now when you go to the store because you never know what's touched it, what's been around it. Those things can happen. But you know, when we're fruit, people are going to see how real we are. They're going to look at us and see, we, when you look at that plastic fruit, it's perfect. It looks perfect. It's got all the perfect dimples that, a, that an orange has, you know, or, or, or you know, the stem's perfect, all these kind of things. You know, but when people look at Christians, they shouldn't say, oh, here's Mr. Perfect. Here's Mrs. Perfect over here. Instead, they should be able to look at Christians and go, ooh, they have made mistakes. But you want to know something? The difference is that they're real, that deep inside they are truly a Christian. Yeah, I see a bruise here from when, they, when, when, when the devil attacked them, when a person attacked them, when they went through a certain time in their life. You know, I see a little dirt over here where they made a mistake, but you want to know something? I believe the Lord takes that fruit and he says, man, you're trying. Let me clean you up a little bit here. You know, that's one thing that's great about coming in on a Sunday morning is we have an opportunity just to let everything go, let everything wash off of us. You know, we shouldn't come into our services on Sunday morning just as another rote thing that we do. We should come into our services going, God, just get me ready for this coming week. I've told the story before when I was, when I was a, a, a worship leader for a youth group. We had, we had an awesome youth group. And every Saturday night we would come together to, to, with these youth and and I was about 18 years old at the time, and, and I led this worship team that, I, that I'd put together with this, uh, this group of, uh, of young people. And then we, got, we were in a town that had one light, and it was just a flashing light. It didn't even have a grocery store in the town. It had a convenience store. That was it. But those kids, they said, you know, we live for Saturday night. Two hours and 45 minutes of prayer a preaching, and, and of music. Two hours and 45 minutes. Why? Because when they went home, they had to deal with things. They had drug addicts as parents. They were abused. They were going through a lot of things. They didn't have a lot of money. They were poor. But what was happening in their life, they would come in and they'd say, I live for Saturday. Why? Not because we had the best music in the world. That wasn't it. We had a drummer and a piano player, me and, and our drummer. And we had this one kid who played saxophone and in, in the band, and we let him play saxophone with us. I mean, it wasn't perfect. But what, what it was is we allowed the Holy Spirit an opportunity to move in their lives and to change their lives. And they would go out of there, and they'd feel great. They'd feel great. They'd go, oh, yes, I feel better. I can make it through the week because of what I just got here, because of what just happened. When we come in Sunday mornings, when we come in Sunday nights, when we come in on Wednesday night, whatever time we're getting together each week, we need to say, hey, I can make it to the next time because I'm going to get together. You know, I just don't understand anymore what's happening in church. You know, when you look in the book of Acts, the early church met daily. You know, this is crazy. The early church met daily. And now we see churches. They don't have Sunday night. They don't have Wednesday night. They don't have nothing. Yeah, they have a small group here or there, but even those are, are seasonal. And I go, we look at the world as we have changed to try to reach to reach, quote unquote, to reach people. We've changed things and we look at the world and, the, and, and things are getting worse and worse and worse. We have preacher's kids. I was talking about this earlier. We have preacher's kids, preacher's kids that are saying it's okay for homosexual marriage to happen. All right, it's totally against the will of God. We've got people who say it's okay if I gossip. Totally against the will of God. It's okay if I hate my brother totally against the will of God. 
And what's going on in this world? We have people saying, yes, I am a Christian, but it's okay for all these sins to be legalized, all these sins to go. You know, the country that we were founded on were founded by people who really believed in Christ, and now we have this change. You go, well, we're doing better, right? You know, we, we have, what do, they, what do they call it? Uh, what do they call it? We're, we're, uh, we're, we're, yeah, well, tolerance, yeah, that's one word. But in the church, you know, we have, more, we have more interaction because of the way we're doing church now. People weren't interacting before. People would just come to church, you know, and they just, you know, they weren't talking to each other. They'd listen to somebody preach. Or they're just praying. But they're not talking to people. Now we've got the conversation going, and we can really reach people. But, the, but I think it's amazing, the less that we're together as believers, and there's this idea out there that is crazy, that we... Uh, that, that it's better for us to hang out with non-Christians than it is with Christians. Well, I want to say it's better to hang out with Christians and let the non-Christians hang out with us because the more of us together and one of those or two of those or three of those, you want to know something? We don't come into those temptations. You know, it's not that we cannot be around non-Christians. There's nothing wrong being around non-Christians. You know, you work around them. You know, you go to the store. You do those kind of things. But when you're talking about hanging out, what gets you excited? What gets a joy coming up inside you? Would you hang out with people that are like-minded? And when you look at the early church, they were hanging out together all the time, and the Scripture says that the Lord was adding to their number, those that were unsaved, adding to their number salvations on a daily basis. I've said this, and, and, and I think it was Will and I yesterday when we were driving to go get some more parts. You know, my deal with this church is this. I don't care about people from other churches coming here. That's not, I have no interest. If somebody is moving, if somebody is really looking for, for something different, that's one thing. But I'm not out there trying to find them. I don't want to get them. I don't care. I just want to give them a high five. You're going to church? Great. Now let's go reach some people that don't go to church. Yeah. Let's reach some people who don't know Jesus. That's who I want to reach. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to be salt if you're not out there where there's no salt. It's kind of hard to be salt when all we want to do is just invite Christians to be around us. Now, notice what I said earlier. I think we should all be around each other as much as possible. Man, we used to have revivals that went for weeks at a time, and, and, and you stay up late, and just the Holy Spirit would move and touch your lives. And God, and, and we would see people getting saved and <coughs> people going out, uh, out, out the next day and inviting people to the revival. Uh, they're, they're, I've told this story before. There's a pastor that I know, and he said uh, they would have an altar call at this revival, and everybody come down, but they weren't coming down for salvation. Why? Because people were going out and, and leading people to Christ and then bringing them to the revival with them. And, and that revival just grew and grew and grew. Why? Because people were reaching out to see people saved for Christ, not just to come to church. And so those people would come down to the altar, and they'd say, hey, I just want to say, I, I received the Lord yesterday. The one, the greatest story that I'd heard, you know, and I may have told this story a thousand times already, I don't know. But they're sitting out in a boat, they're out there fishing. They're out, the, you know, that's, that's what happened with Peter, right? He was out there fishing too, right? When the Lord said, when he saw the Lord, oh, and he took up his clothes, and he took off and went swimming. They're out there fishing, and they got to witnessing to these other guys in another boat and led them to Christ right there on the lake. Isn't this great? Then took him to church the next night. Let's, let me tell you something. We need to pour on the salt. 
When we have those opportunities, we need to pour on the salt, and we need to turn on the light. You've, you've been in a dim room. You've been in a room that there's no light in it, and you flip the light on, and then you see everything. You see, when we pour on the light of Jesus, people begin to see. We don't have to tell them how bad they are. People begin to see what's going on. Because they look at us and they say, hey, this person's living this way. I mean, somebody I could ask you today, I'm telling you, somebody in here could say, I've been around before when people have said, oh, uh, yeah, I shouldn't do that because so-and-so's here. Why? Because they know what that Christian is like. They know that Christian's walking a certain way. They know that. And I, I could, I'll just tell you, one of my stories, one, one of my stories is uh, living through the, through the life that I've lived and and uh, I've had people apologize to me for cursing around me. And, 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 you know, why? Because they know that I don't see that as being right and being good. They see the difference. They see it. And then the opportunity to talk. And the one time, the, uh, the, one of my guys, a manager that I was under at this, this one place I was working, and he said, uh, he said a curse word. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I said, why shouldn't you have said that? I poured on the salt. Watch this. Why should you have said that? Well, it's not right. I says, why is it not right? Well, it isn't. It isn't right. Isn't that correct? You tell me. Why is it not right? And I looked at him and I said, you can curse all you want to. You not cursing doesn't get you any closer to heaven. Your relationship with Jesus is the only thing that will get you there. What was I doing? I was pouring on the salt. Had an opportunity, and I just dumped it. I just took the cap off the top of it and just started dumping it on him. Had another opportunity in the same store. This store afforded me many opportunities. Had another opportunity at the same store. One of the guys I was working with one day, we were, we were doing planograms. Anybody ever done a planogram before at a store? You know, you had to put everything right where they wanted on the shelf, you know. And, and the guy said, he goes, uh, I said to him, I just, I found a way. See, sometimes there's a way to turn the light on and pour the salt on, right? And I said, I says, Taylor, you want to know there's only one thing difference between you and I? And he goes, what's that? I says, I'm going to heaven and you're not. And he's like, what? <laughs> so this guy, this, this other manager, he comes in and he says, Justin, you won't believe what Adam just said to me. What? He said, I was going to hell. I said, no, I didn't. He says, yes, you did. I says, I never said you were going to hell. He says, well, you said I wasn't going to heaven. I says, yeah. He says, well, then where am I going? If I'm not going to heaven, then I'm going to hell. You said it, I didn't. An opportunity. I says, you know, the difference is I know Jesus, and the only way to heaven, Taylor, is through Jesus. That's the only way I can get there. And let me tell you something. This Taylor, he's in church today. Praise God that he's in church today. It took years later, but he goes to church today. And, I, and the Lord, I'm, a while back, Christy saw where he had posted online, that he says, I'm so glad I'm off this Sunday. He works at the oil fields. I'm so glad I'm off because I can go to church. This is a guy who didn't go to church. He was a habitual liar when I knew him. I could tell you some stories, I'm telling you. And they were just ridiculous stories, too. They didn't, they didn't help you. I mean, it wasn't like he was, he just make stuff up, you know. He told everybody he had a 64 Chevrolet sitting out at this garage somewhere. Somebody finally called him on it. They come in one day, man, let me drive you up there. I want to see your Chevrolet. Oh, somebody stole it. <laughs> Like, uh-huh, yeah, okay. Salt and light. Pour on the salt. Pour on the light. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. Philippians 2, verses 14 through 16. It says, Do all things without murmuring and disputing. 
Uh, you could also put complaining, whining, griping, fighting with each other. You know what I'm saying? That you may be blameless and harmless sons of God without fault. Let me tell you something, church. You're a member of a church. You're involved in the body of Christ. He says, this is the way you're supposed to act. We have so many churches that people have come into. And the right and the left side of the church, I'm not talking about politics. Well, church politics, maybe. But one side of the church is bad, the other side of the church. There's too many churches out there that are like that. One's too many. We should, when people come in, what do they see out of us? What do they see out of us when we're out there? How do we act when we're around other people? Are we complaining? Are we murmuring? Are we disputing? Are we always? He says, don't do this so that you may be blameless and harmless sons of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. We need to look different. We need to look different. If you've ever drove through the mud and you got your lights on at nighttime and you went through mud like, you know, a, when you're working on a farm and that mud splashes up on your lights and all of a sudden you can't see very well because it's covering it up. And it's the same way. When we do this, that light that's supposed to be shining out, when we uh, uh, are participating or, or we're the ones who are the agitators in this, guess what? It's like throwing mud up over that light. It's covering that light up that you're supposed to be. Because people look at that and go, I don't want nothing like that. I don't want to be a part of that. You say one thing and you act like another thing. In the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, do we not live in a crooked and perverse generation, folks? You can't hardly even watch t television anymore. And I know preachers have said this for, for a long time. But I'm t telling you, the commercials are getting ridiculous. You're trying to watch something that's family-friendly, and then the commercial comes on, and you're like, up, oh, cover your eyes, girls. Close your ears off. It's ridiculous. In what does it says? A crooked, crooked and perverse generation in which you shine as lights in the world. You shine. When we walk around, there is something different about a person living a life for Christ. There's something different about a person that's letting the Spirit of God lead them. And sometimes you don't have to say a word. But people will see it. They'll notice it. They'll say, hey, there's something different about this person. There's something different. Using an example, I, 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 when I was with GMAC Financial, and I, would, I came in, and one day I came in, and I didn't have a smile on my face. And I just looked different. I was down. I, I don't remember what, what, what I was going through. And one of my employees said, something, something wrong. I says, well, why would you say that? She says, because normally you walk in every day with a smile on your face. You're always happy. And you won't, why am I happy? Not because I'm a happy person. It's because Jesus lives inside of me. I have some reason to live. And I can shine a light. It says, hold on, hold forth the word of life that I may rejoice on the day of Christ that, um, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Pour on the salt. Be the light that you're supposed to be out there. When we come together, when we have a prayer, when we have for prayer meetings on Sunday night or Sunday morning, say, God, you know what? Maybe my battery's a little bit, it's getting dim, right? Because we don't have lithium-ion batteries in us, right? Lithium-ion, they just go off. We have, we have Duracell batteries in us. And, as, and if you take a Duracell battery, a regular battery, and you turn the light on on a flashlight, right? And that light and that, that battery starts getting low, the light gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer until it goes off. And when we come into church, when we come into Bible study, we need to be saying, Lord, Feel my battery up. Maybe my light's not shining as bright as it should be. Maybe I've went through a really bad week or a bad day. 
You know, sometimes we got to call somebody and we got to say, hey, could you pray with me? Because my light's getting dim because I'm going through some rough stuff right now. You know what? Where two or three agree on anything in his name, it will be done for them. We can believe that. And when two or three are gathered together in his name, he's there. He's here with us today, being salt, pouring on the salt, turning on the light. James chapter 1, verse 21 through 27. This is where we were getting into this morning in our little discussion. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and remaining wickedness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man viewing his natural face in a mirror. He views himself, he goes his way, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man will be blessed in his deeds. If anyone among you seems to be religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is a vain religion that is pure and undefiled before God. The Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and keep oneself unstained by the world. And I left that last part in there because when we're talking about pouring on salt and we're talking about being light, you know, there's a lot of people that come into the church and there's this idea, and let me tell you, it is bogus that if you're on this platform, that you're somehow better than the people that are not on the platform. That if you play an instrument or you sing a song or you have a microphone, that there's something better about you. And that's incorrect. That is zero. That doesn't even matter. Because every part of our service is a service of worship. Every part of it. What you do throughout the week. How you reach out to God. The things you do to pour on salt and to be the light. That's what matters. And so when, when we talk about the orphans and widows, when we're talking about living out, being doers and not just hearers only. When we talk about that, why, why was one of the reasons he, I believe that he said the orphans and widows? Because who in the world gets a promotion and gets a raise because they're down in the dirt doing the dirty work. They're down there doing what nobody else wants to do, taking care of orphans and widows. Have you ever seen an orphanage? Have you, especially overseas. I mean, you know some of these people that have, they're not driving BMWs, okay? They're just not. Why? Because it doesn't pay a lot. And so when we are supposed to be uh, living a life and we're supposed to be religious. We're supposed to be serving the Lord. But what's that undefiled religion is when we're willing to take on the worst of the worst. But we're willing to take on stuff that doesn't get any notice at all. And I'm not saying that widows and orphans are worse people. I'm just saying when you don't get to take on, when you're taking on things that don't get the credit. That, that don't get the credit. That's what matters. That's pouring on salt. That's turning on the light. Because when people begin to see you, they get to talking to you and they start realizing, well, wait a minute. They don't just say they live this way. They don't just say that they're a Christian. They don't just say this, this word, but they do it. They're walking it out. They're acting it out. They're living it out on a daily basis. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 20. What does it profit, my brothers, if a man says he has faith but has no works? Can faith save him? 
If a brother or sister is naked and lacking daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, and yet you give them nothing that the body needs, what does it profit? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But a man say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. The demons also believe that, and they tremble. But do you want to be shown, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? So we, we, James is not sitting here saying that faith, that, that works get you to heaven. What he is saying is that if you have faith, if you are a Christian, if you say, I'm living for the Lord, that the works is going to follow. You're going to see that. It's not, oh, I sit in my house and I read my Bible and I don't talk to anybody ever in my life and I don't do anything else. Oh, as a matter of fact, you know what? I, 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 can, I can do all these sinful things and I can still get to heaven. No, that's, that, that's not what the Word just said there. He says, you know, you can walk around and say I'm a Christian. Faith without works is dead. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Where's the works? Because if you are, if you are going to do that, you're going to do as Christ said, take up your cross and follow me. The Son of Man doesn't even have a place to lay his head down. Are you willing to follow me? Are you willing to follow me? I've talked about uh, Gladys Elward many times. I mean, the woman was just amazing. She's about the size of Connie over here. And she goes, she goes to China. And she had no way to get to China, no money to get to China. And this is back when women were not supposed to go in the mission field without a husband. And she still did it. And she made it there. I mean, the story's well, well too long for y'all so to, to stay here the rest of the morning to hear it. It's great. Get the book, read it. It's, it's awesome. We have it. But what did she do? She had faith accompanied with the works. They, ma they made a movie about her. You know, I think I've told you that before. They made a movie about her. With, with a, I mean, this is, how, this is how much of an impact that she made in, this, in the world in China. When she came back, when she finally got back, her mother and father didn't even recognize her because she looked as old as they did because of all of, of what had went on when she was in China and all she had to deal with. Faith without works is dead. So when we talk about it, we're a Christian and we're living life, I'm challenging you this morning. I'm challenging, challenging, challenging you. Pour on the salt. If you are salt, if you're living for Jesus, if, you're that, if that's what you're saying, you're that salt, Pour it on. Dump it on. Take the cap off at times and just dump it on somebody. Let people see and let people hear the word of God coming out of you. And turn the light on. Sometimes living in front of a person is the best way to turn the light on. Living your life in front of them. You don't even have to invite them to church. Church is a great place to get them to come to. But you can talk to them. You can sit right there with them at work, other places. And they don't have to come to church. You could get them and lead them to the Lord. Oh, pastor, you, you know all the words. You know, you're so good with words. Yeah, but you want to know something? If you sit down with somebody, God will give you the words. He'll give you the right words to say. And you may go, oh, man, this is stupid what I just said. I just sounded so dumb. But you won't believe what the Holy Spirit could take those words and really begin to churn and work in that person's heart, in that person's life. And that's what you need to do. That's what you need to be thinking about. Let's pray, will we? Lord, I just thank you for this group of people that have come here this morning. I thank you for what you're doing in, in our lives. And Lord, we have one purpose 
on this earth. And it's not to get rich. It's not to be successful. Lord, it's not to have everything that we want. We have one purpose, and that is to serve you and to lead people to Christ, lead people to an unlimited God. And Lord, we just want to thank you this morning that you've given us this opportunity to lead people to Christ. Lord, I just pray that if any of us has been struggling in any area of our life to, to get people to that point, to, to be able to talk to people, Lord, that we won't be scared and we won't be afraid, Lord Jesus. But instead, God, we're going to be excited. We're going to say, hey, what can we do? How can we do it? Who, who's the next person that I can talk to? Who's the next person? Maybe it's my neighbor. Maybe I can just be friends with them. Maybe I can give them something. Maybe I can do something for them. Maybe I can just talk to them and just be a friend to them when they need a friend. But Lord, let us let our light shine. Let people know that we're Christians. We're in a country that has freedom of religion, and we should allow that to happen with, with us. We should let our light shine. We should let our light shine. And as people see that, Lord, Lord, we just, we just want to be salty. We want to be salty with the gospel, Lord. Lord, we want to be salty with the gospel, Lord. I know it's kind of funny, but I'm thinking right now, just as the cows like to go lick a salt block, Lord, they just want to be, be there and they want to get a little bit of that, Lord. We want people to be around us. We want them just to have such a yearning and such a desire to learn more, to learn more about what we are, who we are, why we are why, the way we are. Oh, God, Lord, that we won't be doing anything. Your word will not return and void, Lord. It's going to go out, Lord. And so, Lord, I just pray for strength. I pray for wisdom. Lord, I pray for courage, God, with the people of this church, with the people that are here this morning as they walk out. Courage to tell people about Jesus, to, to walk and be a light to people about you, Lord Jesus. Give them courage, Lord, if they haven't had courage before. Let it rise up in them, Lord Jesus. Lord, let us see change in people's lives in our community in the Maumel uh, area of Central Arkansas. Let us see change in people's lives, Lord. Lord, do this work. Only you can do this work, God. We can't, Lord. We're nobody, but through you, all things are possible. And we give you glory for that. And we praise your name for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God this morning. Brother Will, won't you come on?